0: and narrating how it went you know those kind of things i couldn't take i couldn't stay in those places anymore i began to guard jealousy what enters into my mind all right welcome um to today's episode of the Qualify series and uh, the last
1: episode um i had one of my wonderful guests here and today we still have the singular honor to have him in the studio you're welcome, Pastor Sidney Ahura. Thank you so much, Minister uh, Steve Team. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, the last time um, uh, we were here, we talked about sexual purity. And it was, um, I, I learned a lot of things. I learned wow. a lot of things. Personally, um, I just felt that um, I should have known this. <laughs> okay. <All laughs> I right. should have known this all my life. Wow. You know, before this time, you see. Wow. But um, one thing about information is that... Um, There's never a time that you say it's too late Yeah. because um, the thing about God is when the word comes is when God has brought deliverance to you. Yeah. And you see, I believe that our listeners were so blessed. The last time we were talking about sexual purity and we dealt with um, the fact that um, to safeguard yourself uh from these sexual vices one of the ways you you taught us about the last time was uh keeping condemnation out yeah you said so you said keeping condemnation out is one of uh the safeguards yeah you see but today we're going to talk about um other safeguards yeah. but before then i want us to talk about something that is very very expedient i've heard you talked about this particular matter yeah. also on your sexual purity campaign yes. and today we're going to talk about self-esteem versus sex esteem
0: yeah <laughs> all right thank you very much
1: thank you sir so please uh, just throw more light let's, all right let's know what this is all about.
0: okay all right you know self-esteem mm-hmm. is uh has to do with the value you place on yourself how you uh see yourself okay okay and how the value you you, you know you you see yourself having Okay, your your concept of your self-worth, basically. You know, how you treat yourself based on your understanding of your worth. God taught me this in a very serious way. I I have a a particular, uh, there's a palm, an ornamental palm I have in my house. I don't know who planted it. I just saw it growing. And it was growing so slowly over time. I, I was wondering what kind of plant it is. It didn't even look beautiful to me when it was growing up. And, you know, it took years. It was still on the ground. So one day I wanted to just... I've been thinking about how to just, I thought it was even a shrub. (laughs) Well, they knew it was an ornamental plant. I wanted to take it out. But then, one day I had a visitor visit me. My friends came visiting, and then his wife, my friend came with his wife. And the wife was like, wow, you have this, and she called the name of the palm. Interestingly, I don't know the name to you now. (laughs) She said, you have this palm? I said, what palm? I, I I don't know what you're talking about. He said, ah, that palm out there in the middle of, I said, oh, really? Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know the name. Oh, that's it. So I was like, whoa, that thing is valuable, it's expensive, you know. I was like, but hey, eh, really, it's not been growing. He said that one of the reasons why it's expensive because it takes a long time to grow. And the way mine has grown to right now, if you want to sell it, she called an amount. I was like, Whoa, immediately, what happened? I started treating that by the next day. I dug a trench around it. I was getting water from my fish pond, you know, fertilized water, and just watering it. I began to trim it, I began to take care of it. What happened? Did that palm change? No. What changed? My concept of its worth yeah. changed, yeah. and I began to treat it differently. Yeah. The self-esteem has to do with, what's the idea of your personal worth? And okay.
1: you
0: of know, course, based on it, you're gonna treat yourself and see yourself based on that. Okay. okay, so we ought to have, keep developing our self-esteem. And by developing our self-esteem, you know, it's is, is by uh, seeing us getting to see ourselves through the eyes of God. Okay. Because God is our manufacturer. God is our creator. Absolutely. So how does he see me? That's the place to build your self-esteem, your idea of self-worth. Because sometimes people build their self-worth on different other things. Okay. They build their self-worth on their sexual attractiveness. All right, and that's a very funny thing to do because when you build your sexual attractiveness based on your, I mean, your self-worth, your self-esteem, on your sexual attractiveness, you're going to do a lot of crazy things. Yeah. Okay, it's like uh, there are two concepts to this. One, one. Sometimes you see people feel okay if I uh, have get have sex with somebody, a high-profile person, my sense of worth mm, has, increased. has increased. you know. So <laughs> if anybody, you know, a young man made a statement some years ago that, I, I you know, I, I really felt you know, was pathetic and pitiful. You know, one of the presidents of the United States of America, years ago, visited Nigeria and came with his daughter. So, you know, this guy was watching the the live broadcast on television and he was like, look, oh, this daughter is so beautiful. If I will have one opportunity to sleep with this girl, on the count that my father and mother will be killed. I'm going to take it. Now, this is That's crazy. So this is pathetic. pathetic. Now, because he's, 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 he's dealing with, his building his sex, he's living uh, on, on sex esteem not, self esteem, not self-esteem. So people, you know, so people who are, are, are looking at themselves through the eyes of their sexuality, okay. uh, their self-worth through their sexuality, are going to be willing to do all those kind of crazy stuff. And then you also see that other ways when some people also have the issue of sex esteem in another way. If they're able to satisfy somebody in bed, yeah. man... The few on top of the world. The few, look, I'm, I'm a man, I'm a woman, man, I'm a big girl, I'm a big guy. Why? I could give it to them in bed. That is sex esteem. And that is so pathetic to look at yourself through the eyes of your, uh, you see your self worth based on sexual attractiveness. That's why you see young ladies go on social media and they snap, expose their breast, expose their thighs, expose their tummy. Just do all of that so that they can have 1,000 likes, 2,000 likes. And you know what? The few valuable. One time a young lady posted a picture on social media, a young lady that was under my uh, ministerial coverage, and then I saw that her breasts were exposed. So I spoke to her, I said, look, this, this picture, you need to take it down. Um, because uh, it doesn't portray you in the light, in the true light of God. You know, somebody seeing you that way will not believe you are a representative of Christ. So she was like, okay, she's going to do something about that. So after many days, I still saw it there. And then I asked. Her, I said, "What's going on? The picture is still there. You know, you're born again child of God. This is not so right because somebody I was directly mentoring, so I could that was, that's why I could do that. All right. And then she told me, you know what? That, Look, I want to take down these pictures, but I'm going to lose my likes. <laughs> I'm going to lose all the comments on the likes. That, that's why I can't take it down. <laughs> you know. And I couldn't speak no more because I was amazed. I, I didn't know uh, Facebook likes and comments meant that much. They were more important than pleasing God. They were more important than representing God before the people. So so these are people building in sex esteem. And you know, sex sells. If you want to have crazy likes out there, just do something that, you know, immoral on social media. I mean, it's going to trend. So people, where you live in a generation where people are building their self-worth on their sexual attractiveness, and it's making them do a lot of crazy things that are immoral just to get likes from people. And this is crazy. But I want, uh, I I would like our listeners uh, out there to be able to build their self-esteem on what really matters. On how God sees you. That's the only thing that cannot change. Your sexual attractiveness can really change. All right? People, there was one lady, she was so braggadocious about her beauty. One day she had a gas explosion. And she lost it all. She lost all her self-confidence. Why? Just her face was affected. And she lost her self worth. This is a human made image and likeness of God. Just something happened to just her face, and she lost all her sense of worth. She began to feel evaluable. She began to feel worthless. Why she had built her sense of worth on how on just her face? This is wrong. We must build our sense of worth on what does not change. All right. If you build your sense of worth on how much money you have, that can change. You'll be having a fluctuating self worth. When you have more money, man, oh man, your oh man, oh boy, you feel good. Your your money drops, you feel low. So that's fluctuating. Your looks fluctuate. Listen, beauty is vain. That's what the Bible says, Proverbs chapter thirty-one. Beauty is vain. It will no matter. See, a younger generation keeps coming, and we keep getting older, and the beauty keeps you know <laughs> getting down. No matter how much you try. I saw a picture of um, I saw uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a man, on, on, on television recently. I was amazed. I was like, where are the six packs? I saw gray hairs. I saw. I was like, this thing was metal. How could it go? It goes. You see, so we have to build our self-esteem on what does not change. And that's how God sees us. Uh, How does God see me? I'll just uh, just briefly, uh, you you know, if you want to see how God sees you, think about this. God is living inside of you. Do you know the temple that, the the temple that, you know, uh, God ran out of when Jesus was crucified on the cross and the veil was torn. God ran out of that temple seeking human beings to live in. You know the worth of that temple? Oh boy, it's billions of dollars. The gold, the silver. I mean, it's amazing. God didn't want to stay there. He preferred to stay in your heart. That should make you think how much am I worth? If God will run out of a temple, what billions of dollars to live in me? Think about that. It should be, you know, you should be able to tell you how much valuable you are through the eyes of God. Think about the price God had to pay to get us. He paid Jesus, He gave His Son just to have you. Even if you're the only person on earth, Jesus will still die. That's how much valuable. Because see, a person is only willing to pay as much as uh, the value he believes that item has. And God was willing to give the best that he has. Jesus, just for you. Think about that. See the sense of value the Father places on you. And God is not ashamed to call you a child. He's your father. Think about God being your father. See the worth, the sense of worth it puts on you. You know, your assignment. Do you realize that there are certain things that without you, God cannot do yeah, that. Right. That's your sense of what, you know, a young man had a, was standing in a very powerful garden and then somebody passed around and said, look, wow, what a beautiful garden the Lord has here. The guy smiled and said, yeah, that's true, but you needed to see this garden when God had it to himself. <laughs> when it was only God that had this garden, it was only grass that was here. It was when I and God had it. So, your assignment is your partnership with God. Can you imagine that God is partnering with you for destiny? There's a plan of God upon the earth that only you and God can make it happen. When you think about these things, your sense of worth will just skyrocket yeah. because God has tied himself to you. You know, God is crazy about you. Do you know the Bible says he knows the number of hairs on our head? Yeah. That if two things are involved. Either he doesn't have work or you are too important to him. Wow! When you think about these things, you know, nobody will be able to, uh, you won't be able to allow somebody to take sexual advantage of you yeah. in, in order to try to, you uh, know, in, in, in a bid to feel better about yourself so we need to build on self-esteem not sex esteem our worth is not based on our sexual attractiveness
1: wow 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 this is profound (laughs) our worth is not based on sexual attractiveness i see this is very very important just like you said um there are a lot of people who um who base their worth. On the number of persons they slept with. Yeah, yeah. I, I met the guy yeah. <laughs> some years ago, you know, while we are in the university. He kept saying, he kept um, mentioning the number of girls he has slept with. Oh, my. You see, and oh, uh, that, made, that made us saw him as the boss. big The big boss the in, town. Big boss <laughs> you in town, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, the big babes in the campus, you yeah. know, that um, no one could talk Talked to. Talk to, he has, you know, he has slept, slept with, with them. them. And you see, so that made uh, this particular young man yeah. felt as on top as, of the world, as man. As if he was on top of the world.
0: Yeah, you see, but it's um, pathetic.
1: It's pathetic.
0: A society with inverted values. Which values.
1: Pathetic. Yeah. And you see, the last um, episode we are talking about um, the safeguards. Yeah. And I want you to throw more light on that oh, because oh, right. you just talked about um, the matter of condemnation. Yeah. You know, avoiding yeah. condemnation. You know, yeah. that's the only thing you handled, and yeah. that was that was very profound. But yeah. I want us to to dive into something else. All right. You know, all as right. regarding the safeguards. All right. Today.
0: I think uh, another safeguard we need to look at is your association. Okay. All right. What are the friends you keep? If you keep friends who don't believe in sexual purity, and they are your inner circle friends, you know you have different levels of relationship. Yeah. The inner circle, the outer, the the the, the outer circle, and uh, okay, let me let okay, me let me capture it again. Let me say the holy of holies, okay. the holy place, okay. and the outer court. Okay. There are different levels of relationship. Jesus had those circles of relationship around him. He had three disciples, Peter, James, and John, they were in his holy holy of holies. Then the remaining nine disciples were in his outer court then we had the 70 were in his uh, you know uh, when he uh, sorry uh, sorry i mean the, the 3 were in his holy of holies the 9 were in the holy place you know the holy place is where the levites stay then then the outer court okay where the 70 and, and the other mixed multitude you know you understand so we must uh, categorize and uh, structure our relationships okay. not everybody should be in your holy of holies okay. until people who have right sexual convictions and values they are the ones who are going to help you to stand and it's very important for you to have people to join hands together the, the, the journey of sexual purity cannot be it's not a lonely journey yeah. you must have people around you that you're running this race with because the devil tries to convince people most of times that nobody's living sexually pure yeah. tells you that everybody is messing up yeah. but when we have a circle of people that you are all standing together, that lie can't get to you. Because there are people who are messing up today because they believe everybody, everybody is messing up. Is I know me. what the devil does. When a, there's a scandal, sex scandal, having to do with a man of God, the devil magnifies it to let people know that, look, if a man of God like this mm. is messing up, and most of the time, there's no even proof that the man of God have messed up. But when there is just a hint of anything, the devil blows it up and lets you know that, look, nobody holy pass. So, so that you will just be weak. And just forget about it. Alright? So, that's, that, that's one. So, but when you have a circle of people, friends, that are standing like you are. And they are out there. Many. It helps you. To, it's a safeguard. And then also the issue of guarding your heart. The Bible says, to guard our hearts. Proverbs chapter 4. Mm. To guard our hearts with all, all diligence. diligence. For out of it flows the issues mm. of life. That is very profound. Sexual purity begins from your heart. It begins from the inside. It's not rules you place around you on the outside. Mm? It's on the inside. It's an inside thing, and that's why I'm not too much in support of um, single schools, okay, where you put boys together in one school, girls together in one school, and they are unable, you know, one of the the reasons I believe single schools are set up is to help uh, guard against sexual uh, misconduct amongst young people. I believe that's one of the reasons. It may not be the only reason, but I believe it's one of them. But then what that does is that it makes young people weaker. Yeah. Okay, yeah. because most of the times when they get to the university, that's the first time they are coming into full contact with people of the opposite sex, and they have not prepared. You know, when most of the ladies who went to single school, they say the first time a guy shook them in university, their knees knocked, and the guy looks at them and say, "Easy <laughs> prey," all right? Because they they have not been allowed to grow yeah, together. With them, to mingle. So, which is very important for social health of young people. So, yeah. in we, we, we must watch against that. But then, okay, now back to just guarding your heart. Let me say some things about that. You need to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because what enters into your heart, purity begins from the inside. When lust takes root in your heart, you have already sinned. Yeah. The Bible says that in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you've already sinned. So, it begins from your heart. Your mind is actually the biggest sexual uh, organ you have your mind wow. so will you have to protect wow. what do i read <laughs> what am i reading what am i watching do you know i was get, i was involved with pornography before i got saved at the age of seventeen, i was already reading pornographic magazines wow. i was watching you know i had this vhs step you know <laughs> black and white vhs step tape, tape <laughs> or, or pornographic tape and then of course that what we're calling pornography then is still even like soft porn right now okay i'm telling you the That's truth true. i mean Uh, So, in the night when everybody's asleep, I I think some of my elder cousins sneaked that video into the house. It was a coded video. I don't even know how I got to know that it was there. So, in the night when everybody's sleeping, I wake up and I slot it in and I'm watching. So, I began to build, you know, images all lost in my heart. I began to build a database of lost in my heart. So, but thank God, God saved me. Uh, I had not gone further too much into that. So, but when I closed my eyes to pray, what happens i, see naked, I see naked women oh boy oh boy I'm to help me lord i'm trying to get close to jesus are you are you listening to me sir i was now saved but you see when you get saved only your spirit gets saved yeah your soul is being saved so my souls they had the same pictures lodging there and that was a big problem man i closed my eyes i want to pray to god i want to lift up holy hands and i'm seeing what i don't want to see i am seeing a lady stripping before my eyes i'm seeing a lady calling my name i said oh lord jesus help me out, and then God spoke to me the Lord spoke to my heart, he says "If he told me that one of the reasons why those pictures are staying in my heart getting stronger in my heart is because all the regular movies I am still watching are still having sexual scenarios here and there, reinforcing what I'm trying to kill, you know what the Lord told me, it's a state of movies as a 17 year old boy as he spoke to me, you see when God speaks to you the grace to obey comes with it That's right. Man. do you know I cut off movies, do you know to you today I, I rarely do movies. In wow. fact, my best, I can just sit and watch cartoons with my children. That's the best I have done. Is for over the years I've watched very few movies. And what happens? What happened? Those images in my heart began to wear out. As I was not reinforcing them, that began to wear out. And you know, God told me, He said, Look, if your right eye makes you the sin, cut it off. Yeah. He said, Is my right eye bad? I said, No. He said, But if it makes you the sin, cut it off. Yeah. You know, so he said, Look, movies are not bad, but if you're reinforcing the challenge that you're having, cut it off. And that's how I was able to cut it off. So I watched what was, uh, in fact, one of the days, I got to my room, and I saw one of the magazines I used to feed on, those erotic magazines. You know what I did? Man, I fled. I turned around. and ran in the opposite direction as though somebody was chasing me. Because the Bible says to flee from fornication. When you meet fornication, when you meet lust, you don't fight. No, the answer is flight. No, flight, not flight, not fight. Flight, not fight. All right? No, you don't stay to no, put a fight. No, no. You turn around. All right? So you, I, I began to guard what I was listening to I secular music was one of my, you know, uh, was my big things. You know, I was into gangster music before I got saved. You know, I had to trust God to throw away, throw away all those tapes. We didn't have CDs then; it was tapes. Threw them away. Because I can't afford to keep listening to those kind of things. I can't afford to keep watching those kind of things. I can't afford to be having those kind of discussions with anybody anymore. All right? Talking about, uh, those days we'll sit down, our elder cousins will be talking to us about the girls I've slept with. And narrating how it went. You know? Those kind of things. I I couldn't stay in those places anymore. I began to guard jealously what enters into my mind. Because what enters your mind will take root in your heart. And that's very important. So we can't control enticement. Enticement is the availability of sin in the world. I can't control that. As I go outside, as I just drive from my house to here, you're going to see uh, people dress in ways that are sexually suggestive. I can't stop and tell them, go and dress properly. I can't control the world, but I can control my, what's yeah. going on on my inside. Yeah. So if there is no lust on my inside, the enticement on the outside is weak. It cannot take me down. So, it's very important. And then another issue, we need to guard also against uh, a particular message that I've heard that me- uh, messed up a lot of young people around me. Young people began to come to me, you know, who with this concern years ago, that they are being told that it does not matter, that sexual purity does not matter. You don't need to live sexually pure. Wow. That God does not care about that. A
1: message from a pulpit.
0: Yeah, from a pulpit. Wow. That God, God does not care about that. As long as you've embraced Jesus, you can live anyhow you want to live. And he's fine with God. God is not thinking about anything. The only thing God is checking is that, have you accepted Jesus? That's the only thing. If you don't guard your heart against that message, you can't live sexually pure. And a lot of those young people uh, in, the, in that group that used to hear those words began to mess up sexually. They began to have sexual liberties that a Christian should not have. Because they were told that it did not matter. They were told that God is not expecting that from you. It really doesn't count for God. All that counts for God is that you have accepted Jesus. Wow. But he, he, you can only believe that if you have not read the Bible. The New Testament, I mean the epistles. The emphasis on sexual purity is so much from the mouth of Paul. Paul wrote so much about sexual purity. He wrote so much. You go for Ephesians chapter 5. You go to First Thessalonians chapter 4. That's my best. First Thessalonians chapter 4. He said, and this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you will abstain. From sexual immorality. It says even a hint of sexual immorality should not be heard amongst us that become saints. So, God expects us because, you see, we have been saved from our sin. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says that he shall be called Emmanuel for he shall save his children. I mean, he shall save his people from their sin. But today, a message is being preached that God saves us in our sin, not from our sin. God doesn't save us in our sin. He saves us from our sin. He loves us enough in our sin, but he loves us too much to leave us continuing our sin. Your life ought to bring forth the fruits of salvation. And holiness is one of it. Holiness is not a doctrine of a particular church. Holiness is God. It's the nature of God. And we have the nature of God imparted to us our salvation. And we, as we grow in God, it should naturally come out of us. So the message telling you that it doesn't matter, you need to guard against that message. And you also need to guard against uh, getting yourself into vulnerable situations with vulnerable people. Okay. All right, you know, you see a situation where uh, if, if somebody who is heart, if you, if somebody who is heartbroken is in a vulnerable situation. Okay. Somebody who has lost a spouse okay. is in a vulnerable situation. Okay. Somebody who struggles with depression is in a vulnerable situation. When you're working with those kind of people, you must work with them under guarded parameters. Because they are vulnerable people. They can go down sexually. They are not trying to tempt you. The situations will just happen. All right. Like I said, there's a young man who, uh, who was trying to help out this young widow. And then he goes to keep her company because she, she's sad. She's lost her husband. And then she's sad. He goes to stay with her and then stays with her into the night just to keep her company. And that is not not, not wise. He was being unguarded. Okay. You know, you, you can still spend time with her. But you can also come with a friend when you're coming to see her. Come with a friend. Stay with her. Just with her. Within a reasonable time. And then go. Don't stay into the night. Alright? A young guy was uh, trying to counsel a young girl who was suffering from depression. And the girl made him to understand that he needs to always wait with her. Or else she's going to do something to hurt herself. And when the depression comes upon her, it gets so bad, she wants to kill herself. So this guy now just comes to stay with her morning till evening. Morning till evening. To help make sure that she doesn't kill herself. People don't die like that. Before you know they began to kiss, carry. That's what they now spend the time doing. Because you can't just stay like that. Mm. To use two of you alone. Of held a young guy, held a young woman. You know, so no boundaries. no boundaries. So it was not guarded. And he was beginning to slip off the path. So you, you guard, you know, against vulnerable situations. When you're dealing with vulnerable people, if you don't have what it takes to handle them, refer them to somebody else that can help them. Their need is genuine. But you just may not have the wisdom or the grace to help them out. And don't get down. Trying to help somebody up, all okay. right. So we, we, we need to guard our hearts and guard our lives, you know, uh, in some of these ways. Wow, wow!
1: <laughs> so 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 awesome to be with you today, also. And, thank you, sir. Um, we're not done with this. <laughs> okay. Like you know, <laughs> want of time, we don't want this episode to be so lengthy. So we're just going to do this again in the next episode, and just to appreciate you and to thank you for always honoring our invitation.